I lived in fear in my early 20s that whenever I went to McDonald's to get my favorite, which was a strawberry shake, that I would be forced to once again use it as a weapon. Look, I know it sounds weird, but at this time, best friends, we kind of know each other. And I feel like I have to give you some background so you can understand the method of my madness. It was definitely in 2002, and it was supposed to be one of the hottest days of the year. And I woke up for some reason being hot and wet, which if you had any idea, we did any kind of sleepover, any kind of pajama party, you would know that toy requires the air to be on at least 60 to feel comfortable and definitely to go to sleep. Now, I can't really call this gospel. I don't know if it's fact, but I'm really sure that my husband, who I hated at the time, turned the air conditioner off at some point in the middle of the night to save energy and make the bills lower. And as a result, he forced me into this sheen of sweat that always reminded me of the time back in D.C. where we didn't have air conditioning, where you would have the fan on in the window and had to be laying in the right place to get the coolness. Otherwise, you get hot air. Did I lose you yet? Stay with me. For all intents and purposes, I woke up miserable. But I wasn't worried because we had just went grocery shopping the day before and we bought all this food, and as a result, I had the perfect items necessary to make the perfect lunch. So I'm talking about I had a Twix bar, Cool Ranch Doritos, bologna uh, and cheese sandwich with cheddar cheese slices. Never American. I hate them. Um, and I like one sheen of uh, mayo, but for the most part, mustard. You got to have mustard. And I also had the plain Utz chips. And I had iced tea with the sugar packets on the side because even though it was already sweetened, we talked about this before, best friends, I like my iced tea at the time so sweet, it almost looked like syrup. I'm doing a fast forward now in my life. It's so crazy to me that as much sugary drinks, sodas, Lipton teas, all of that that I used to drink back then, I drink zero of that right now. Like it's all water, wine, and vodka. And that's on mothers. So I got my lunch packed and I'm ready to go, right? I'm dressed. I made sure my son was where he needed to be, you know, made sure that he was good. His lunch is packed. And I leave my apartment and step outside and no lie, this neighbor who hated my guts for no reason, or maybe it was a reason, we would have to find her and ask because sometimes, you know, when you're telling a story, in your story, you're more than likely the victim. But when someone else tells their story, you're the villain. It depends. All I know is she hated me. And I wasn't a fan either. So in that way, we agreed. The moment I go downstairs, I step uh, onto the curb. I hit the alarm for my car. I noticed this neighbor, who I was telling you hated my guts, has her car directly in front of mine so that I can't even go around her. But listen to this, y'all. She has the back door open, her baby in the back seat, and she's changing the baby's pamper. It's almost like 
She knows I leave the same time every day. You could set a watch to my behavior. I'm always on time. She knows I'm coming outside the same time. And you use this time to park your car in front of mine to change your bad ass baby's pamper when you know I got to go to work. I mean, it was just dumb. Vanessa, what you doing? What do you mean? I'm changing the baby pamper. What it look like? Okay, but I got to go to work. Girl, you can wait five minutes. Bitch, no, I can't. Get your baby and his pamper and get the fuck. Uh, what you're going to do is wait. I have a few options at this time. I could either wait as she instructed me to do, or I could do what I did, which was go around my car, around her car, towards the driver's seat because she has the driver doors open too. take the key out, toss it about five miles down the road or ask her once again to move. So when she realizes I'm about to take her keys, she gets into her car, closes the door. I don't even think the baby was strapped up into a car seat, closes the door, goes around the front of the car into the driver's seat and drives off with an attitude. So every morning it was something crazy with this chick. Okay, I'm saying that for a reason, because automatically she has fucked up my mood yet again. I already woke up to a person who I don't like, who doesn't like me. I come downstairs to a situation that is dumb as hell and I can't go to work. And for myself, I don't know about you guys. Back in the day when I was working in the corporate world, I required being at work at least 30 minutes early so that I could do what I wanted drink my coffee, you know, whatever I want to do in the morning. I don't like to feel rushed. So she's shortening my time by doing dumb shit, literally changing a pamper and doing dumb shit. So now I'm on the road. Back then, I didn't have the music on, but I didn't have the music on, not because I want to focus like I do now. In this part of my life, when I'm driving, I don't like a lot of noise sometimes unless I'm trying to get in the mood and I'm hanging out with friends and I want to be in a good mood, I'll put the music on. But if I'm just driving around to a restaurant or to grocery store, I like silence. I'm a writer. I like to entertain my thoughts. But back then, my silence was because I'm inspecting the road. My head is rotating left to right to make sure Everybody is driving appropriately. This is not my job, though. I'm in telecommunications, answering the phones. You know, nobody hired me for this, but I took this seriously. Always, without fail, there was somebody, somebody to do something stupid on the road, like cut in front of me. And it was my duty. I was pulling up alongside you. I was laying you out. It was serious business. And this is so crazy because I was born quiet. Then when I left my mother, I went to being shy because I was always told, you know, to be quiet. Don't say too much. And now I'm shy. I may want to say something. I may want to act out a little, but are you going to accept me? And then it went to that, to being straight angry. I was Rita, the ridiculously rude, raging driver from Riverdale. I'm actually from D.C., but I was living in Riverdale when my rage really took surface. And 
it sounded better for a title. Okay. Anyway, I make it to work and I'm miserable. Now, I'm not playing these things over and over in my mind, but they're in my subconscious. They happened. And as a result, my mood is altered. I dealt with waking up to somebody I couldn't stand, the nasty old neighbor who was changing the baby's diaper, and about four or five rude drivers on the road on their way to work. But I'm okay, y'all, because I packed the ill lunch. I've already told y'all, so I'm kind of excited. As always, and on this particular day, I have exceeded my goals well into two o'clock, and all I want is to eat my lunch, right? I go to the refrigerator, and on everything, my lunch is gone. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about just the food. I'm talking about somebody stole my entire lunch. I don't understand what it was. Now I could, could say as a many of things, you know, there were some employees who didn't make top pay, as it was called, and things like that. And as a result, they probably didn't have enough money to feed themselves, let alone, you know, their family. And they used the opportunity to raid the refrigerator at lunchtime, knowing people would bring in their food to feed themselves. Now it doesn't bother me as much. But back then, when I'm already angry, I'm already frustrated with life, I'm mad my lunch is gone. So this lady walks in, you, and I say, yes, me. Once again, somebody stole my lunch. Like, what is people's problems? Don't they realize that you pack your lunch for a reason? I mean, get a better job. You don't get to come in and take nobody's food. I mean, what is going on? I was saying, you finish in here? I need to clean. I'm embarrassed. I thought she was just somebody feeling my anger, and I laid out my pain, but she's just there to clean the break room, or is she there to do something else? I will never know. Although I don't eat a lot of fast food now, back then it was king. Definitely during crisis. I don't even want a sandwich. I want my strawberry shake and a large fry, extra salt that I put on myself. So I hit it to McDonald's. I'm there. I got my food. I'm leaving. The moment I pull out of the driveway, this dude almost hits my car trying to rush past me as I'm making a right. I'm heated, y'all, like a brand new heated. The kind of anger I used to get back then was so eerie because the first thing I could remember is this warm sensation that coursed over my body, almost as if someone poured warm water, not hot, warm water over my head, and then put a hot blow dryer in my face. I mean, I was that kind of angry. And when I felt it, it was a visceral feeling like everything in me just changed. So I rush up to this dude and I pull alongside him and I roll my window down. But when I do it, I do it with a smile. Almost like I want him to be bae. He rolls his window down. And the moment he rolls his window down, I toss a full strawberry shake into his car. The first thing his eyes do is pop open before they narrow again like he wants to kill me. 
but I'm in an Acura at this time. It was green, a two-seater. I'm gone. You can't catch me. I'm relieved that I got my revenge, but I'm not really satisfied. But at this point, that will have to do. At least I got my fries. You know, I got a little water, you know, that I really didn't like back then. You know, I'm just going to work on everything I love. About a half a mile up, once again, somebody does something stupid. This lady, she's driving in this black sedan and she won't allow me to get over to her right. Every time I try to cut in front of her, she pulls up. I try to cut in front of her again. She pulls up and I'm angry. I'm thinking, what is wrong with this person? Like, you see, I'm trying to get over. And if she continues to do this, I'm not going to be able to get my exit to get to my job. So what do I do? I smile and motion for her to roll her window down. She looks at me, rolls her window down. And the moment I get a chance, I lay into her. Use a ugly, stupid bitch. What is your problem? Uh, what is my problem? What is your problem? Bitch, I am trying to go to work. Slow down so I can get over. You are going to have to wait. At this point, I'm a new brand of angry. You know, I've surpassed the, the whole warm water uh, coursing down my face with the blow dry. I am fire. And I just lay into her. I mean, with every vile, nasty thing I could say. So a few things that happened in the bedroom that I didn't like. Uh, something that I smell. I mean, whatever angry thought and and in an evil word I could spew at this person, I unleashed at one time. And then she said, I don't need this. My father just died. I hear her, but I'm not understanding. It's out of place with what she had said moments earlier and definitely out of place with what I'm feeling. What are you talking about? Open your eyes, bitch. Open your eyes. And she rolls the window up. And I take a second to think about what she said. And I blink a few times and I look wider. No longer do I have that needle focus point. I can see everything. Best friends, she wasn't letting me in because it was a funeral procession. I remember this day like it's yesterday. And I remember it so clearly because it is the single day that everything changed in my life. In my early, early life, you know, like I said earlier, I was quiet. Being told to be quiet, stay in a child's place. As I got older, I became shy. And then it turned into this rage that stayed with me well out of my um, young adulthood and, and teenager and, and, and in my 20s, you know, where I was during this time happened. I was just always angry. Angry I was in an awful marriage and too scared to walk away. Angry I hated my job and my bosses and my coworkers. Angry I was overweight because I'm putting four pounds of sugar into Lipton iced tea. You know, angry I didn't have the best relationship with my son. Angry I hadn't come to terms with 
what I wanted in life because I didn't know. I was the angry black woman that you hear about in the movies and on the radio. I was her. But things change that day. My spouse is my witness. I talk about it all the time. Best friends, this is what I believe. I believe we're angry because we choose to let things bottle up. It's easy to ride our anger to our point. Let me be angry and be loud so that I can get better service when I'm getting my hair done. Let me be angry and loud so that I can get better service at a restaurant. Let me be angry and loud to my children because I can get better results with them. Let me be angry and loud to a spouse who I should probably leave because at least at that moment he or she sees me. We wait until the world weighs us down to use our anger to get us to say what we always wanted to. Maybe we don't know another way. Maybe it was how we were taught. I still get angry sometimes. But I've never been that angry where it consumes me. I don't get angry on the road. I've had situations happen after that where people do some things that I was well within my right to, you know, use my weapon to defend myself. And I didn't do. I mean, just hateful things on the road. And I let it roll off. You know, Rita left at that moment. And I'm using this time and this podcast to remember her. She left. I mean, I started thinking about a lot of things all the days that I would drive to and from work and be angry at a driver who did something petty miles back. After this happened with this funeral procession where I cussed this woman out who was about to bury her father and I saw it was a funeral procession, that's why she didn't let me in because she couldn't. She was holding the line. And why should I allow anybody's actions, unless you're hurting me, destroy my entire day? I had been doing that for years. So what did I do? First, I read several books on emotions and dealing with feelings, and I ran across some real trash out there. But one of the books I recommend to this day is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise L. Hay. I used to give them out as Christmas gifts. That's how much I believed in this book. This book gave me techniques to realize what was happening. They don't teach us these things in school. And as women and definitely black women, we are charged with doing it all. You don't get a chance to be depressed. You don't get a chance to have a bad day. You don't get a chance to feel a certain way if your spouse is stepping out on you or your man or your woman. You know, you got to be strong and you got to put on a front. But what happens is, and I didn't say this earlier, that anger That rage sets itself in different places within your body, creating havoc, illnesses, cancer, and in my case, irritable bowel syndrome. I dealt with that for a long time. After her book, I also got a divorce. He was a great person, and I believe he still is a great person, but just the wrong person for me at that point. So I had to divorce him. Once I did that, 
so many different things changed because I was finally making the big decisions necessary to catapult me forward. Then I started realizing how I used anger. I no longer waited for things to pile up. If something happened, I was missed. Can I talk to you for a second? What I noticed, best friends, is that some people are so afraid of the conversation. So when you do it at first, people will avoid you. It's okay at first because you'll get rid of people who aren't supposed to be in your life. I talk about this more in my upcoming book, Best Friend in a Handbag. People will avoid you at first, but it's okay. The ones who are supposed to be in your life will respect it. And those will be your lifelong friends because you'll be able to talk about anything with each other. When you spend an unusual amount of time being angry, you're taking away from your own life. You are isolating yourself and people who really want to be in your life, people who deserve to be in your life. I know it's hard and it's comforting to be angry for so long, but I challenge you to think and feel differently. Now it's the point in my podcast where I want to rep a twisted baby, which is one of my readers. Before I do that, I want to say thank you to all my sponsors who have been sending me sponsorships through my cash app at dollar sign author T Styles. That's T S T Y L E S. I really do appreciate listener support. Thank you so much. Now here's my twisted baby of the day. Mama T, this is me. Follow you on Facebook and um, well, we're friends on Facebook and um, I follow you on Instagram. I'm your biggest fan simply because you're the best author in the world, and no author can ever even think about coming close. When I first read one of your books, I'm trying to think which one was the first one that I read. I believe it was Raunchy, and it blew me away. And then I read all the Raunchy series, and I read Redbone, and that was it. So it was like I was. I, in a desert, starving for water. And when I finally read your book, that was all the water that I needed. You are by far the best author in the world. Your writing style is impeccable. I don't even know what to say about it. I just think that you are the best. Your mind is so intelligent and so smart. I don't even know where you come up with the books that you write. But all I know is I've been hooked ever since, and no one can copy you. And that's all I wanted to say. Have a great day. Bye. Mia, thank you so much for taking the time out to send me your message. And you don't know what this does for me. You know, writing, I know I have some writers out there, but writing is a lonely job. You know, you don't have a lot of people giving you information. You have to really have experienced life enough to be able to articulate it in a way so that it translates to your readers. You either have it or you don't. And for my reader to express herself in this way, it does everything for my heart. And like I say with other, other writers who are out there, you guys know it's hard. And a lot of you support me online. I want to hear from you guys too. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're thinking. You know, we all we got is each other. You know, all we have is each other. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Mia, for being so kind um, and being so selfless to really share um, how you felt about my work with me. Thank you so much. If you are out there and you have something to say, please send me a message at 
202-656-8697. Again, that's 202-656-8697. This is T. Styles, your best friend in a handbag. Please have a great weekend. Love you guys. Bye.